0: Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to this weekly Torah study from New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas, taught by Pastor Scott Sigman. We pray this message will help you better understand how God's Old Testament wisdom and New Testament revelation are meant to jointly fit together. We're uh, excited to have you here at the Torah study and, of course, this is uh, uh, repeated on the website. The New Beginnings Church website has a section where all the preaching is, and you can listen to it via audio that way, or uh, as Pastor said the other day, get the tape. <laughs> we, we don't make tapes anymore. <laughs> it's But we are still making CDs. But... Uh, Uh, This is our second Torah study of the year, and it focuses on the life and times of Noah. And uh, it just happens to be my birth portion. Uh, And that's the portion that was studied on the day, the week that I was born. And uh, you can actually find your own uh, birth Torah portion. All you have to do is go to Chabad.org, habad and uh, find their birthday calculator. And uh, it's pretty cool to know your birth Torah portion. And in Jewish wisdom, it teaches that your uh, unique Torah portion provides some meaningful insight into your mission in life. And so uh, mine just happens to be on the life and times of Noah. And so try not to read too much into that, uh, you know, but uh, you just let the Holy Spirit guide you. So Noah uh, was a righteous Gentile. And it's interesting to note that one of the rabbinical and prophetic teachings is just before the Messiah returns, you've heard Pastor Larry teach this, just before the Messiah returns, the eyes of the Gentiles are going to be open. And we're going to begin to honor and respect the Torah, the holidays, uh, the symbols of faith like the shofar and the mezuzah, and uh, understanding the revelation of all of that. And embracing that instead of alienating ourselves from it. And uh, one of the, the, the lesser known things about this end time prophecy amongst the rabbis is that the Gentiles will return to what is known as the seven laws of Noah. The Noahide laws. It's a fascinating study Uh, once you get done watching house and garden TV and reruns of living in Alaska uh, and things like that, uh, take some time and type in the seven laws of Noah and and get some more background. I can't get into it all today, but uh, these uh, in ancient wisdom are the universal laws that God gave before he gave the Torah. And there's seven main commandments for all of humanity, and they closely resemble the Ten Commandments that obviously came generations later. Uh, and so uh, these seven laws, I, I have them here. Number one: Do not murder, because human life is sacred. All the way to human life, where in the in the womb. Uh, number two: Do not steal. Which means respect the rights and property of others. Amen? Number three, do not worship false gods. Small g. There is only one true God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. Right? Number four, do not be sexually immoral. There's a lot of behaviors that are still forbidden. I got one, that's right. Can I get two, that's right, and a three, that's right. Come on, say amen with me. Right? Number five, do not eat the limb of an animal before it is killed. One of the seven laws of Moses. In other words, there's an aspect of kosher. There's an aspect of being kind to animals. Right? Number six, do not curse God. Amen. Obscenity, vulgarity, slander, lies, gossip, all of that stuff is forbidden in the plan of God. Right? Say amen. And number seven, the seven, uh, seventh law of uh, Noah, the Noahide laws, set up courts and bring offenders to justice. Okay? So, in other words, society needs to have godly biblically-based law and order. Amen? Now, what's so phenomenal or fascinating about this teaching on these seven laws, and I'm just giving you a little nutshell version, is they come up in the New Testament, and we've just kind of missed it. But if you uh, go to Acts 15, you'll see the seven Noahide laws come up uh, at the Jerusalem council uh, uh, when the leaders had this major discussion about what do we do with all these Gentiles that are experiencing revival? Revival. And the key question was, how should we begin, how would the Jewish community that received Christ as Savior, how would they begin to integrate pagan Gentiles into the basic life and religious uh, community in Israel? All right? And so, you know the senior pastor at that time, uh, our Bible calls him James, but it's really Yaakov. Jacob. Uh, well, why is he called James? Because 400 years ago, King James in England decided when he had his translation of the Bible being done, I want a book in the Bible named after me. Well, we can't do that. We can't change that. Oh, yes, you can. I'm the king. And so, eeny, meeny, miny, mo, James, I mean, Jacob, you become James. Bam. <laughs> true story. But Yaakov, uh, James, made the final decision that what was going on with this revival with the Gentiles was the fulfillment of the prophecy of Amos 9. We can't get into that today, but read Amos 9 if you're a student of the Bible, because that prophecy uh, was not only true uh, uh in uh, the times just after the death and resurrection of Jesus, but it's also true in the end times. And we're seeing a revival amongst the Gentiles returning to their Jewish roots. We've typed in ancestry.com and realized what have I got? What's my shirt say? Christianity is Jewish. Holy snikes! They didn't teach that in the, in the Presbyterian church. right and so what the, the main takeaway in acts 15 of what was decided is that the gentiles wouldn't have to go through the standard legal requirements of conversion as stipulated in Jewish law Did you get that? Gentiles are not going to have to go through circumcision and all the other customary and traditional uh, conversion uh, requirements uh, to become part of the the family of God. Uh, And they decided that rather than go through all these things, your journey of faith would be by faith that all you would have to do is receive Jesus as Lord, it would be a spiritual conversion, a spiritual circumcision of the heart, and that would be enough. Well, almost enough. Because they added one more stipulation. They said, not only would it just be uh, a spiritual circumcision... Uh, But we'll also have them start out by following a couple laws. And you might remember, look it up in Acts 15... Uh, We don't want you to be idol worshipers anymore. Get rid of all those idols that you picked up before Christ. We need to do that today. Amen. A lot of people's breakthroughs are inhibited because they still carry idols from the past. Well, what do you mean? You don't need a Jesus nightlight. You don't need a candle with one of the saints or a hundred candles and pray to the saints. There's one mediator between God and man, the, the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, In the name of Jesus, Father God. Right? And then there's, you know, well, that dream catcher on, uh, on the rear view mirror of my car. Well, uh, a nice uh, medicine man on the reservation, very nice man gave that to me. And so I have my dream catcher. And the list goes on. We could make a list of fifty things. Those things are uh, forms of pagan, false worship that you need. As uh, T.D. Jakes once preached, you got to get rid of the junk in the trunk. Yeah. But that, that those are things that block your blessing. Read Pastor's Book Ten: Curses that block the blessing. But uh, all of this comes up. Uh, this week in the study of Noah, the Noahide laws, what transitioned into the New Testament in Acts 15. But this is where the doctrine of we're not under the law came from. How many of you were ever, ta- well, we're not under the law. Who, who remembers that? Uh, the original intent of that phrase, we're not under the law, was that Gentiles would no longer be under the law of circumcision, of conversion. Amen. They had a lengthy, pro- yeah, amen. Uh, yeah, I got saved at 30, amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all it meant, nothing more you're no longer going to be under the law of converting to Jesus Christ the way we used to do it in uh, the Old Testament times. But uh, it was never intended to abolish the civil laws. The moral principles, the biblical guidelines that God had established all the way back in Genesis and all the way through. All of those things continue to this day. So it just blows our mind when we hear, well, you're not under the Ten Commandments. Yeah. What are you talking about, dude? And if you're, a, if you're a well-known preacher, and many well-known preachers argue about keeping the Ten Commandments... We don't keep the Ten Commandments to become Christians. We keep the Ten Commandments to become better Christians. (laughs) Right? Do you see that? Uh, But uh, as the Gentiles successfully turned away from Jerusalem, were not under the law, went through an extreme makeover. And pretty soon it began to include everything. And now today, when you uh, mention to some of your uh, Christian friends that you go to New Beginnings, they're studying uh, uh, the Jewish roots of Christianity. Well, you're going back under the law! Right? Like this t-shirt, Christianity would blow people away. Oh my gosh, heresy! (laughs) But when it all started, it's just you're not under the law of circumcision spiritually by faith that's uh now replacing the actual and uh because uh, as james said we don't want to do things that will hinder uh the gentiles from coming to the faith and believe me if you're a 30 year old man and they lay that one on you you know what i'm going back to the temple diana (laughs) right So uh, we've been paying a high price for that for uh, many generations. But the good news is, here at New Beginnings and many, many, many churches around the world that believe like we believe, we're at the forefront of reversing this curse of bad information, misinformation. And according to Malachi 4, the prophet Malachi prophesies that in the last days, just before the Messiah returns, that the hearts of the fathers, the Jewish Fathers are going to turn back to the children, which is Christianity. Yes, amen. And the hearts of the children, which is Christianity. We're the offspring yes, of Judaism. We're going to turn back to the fathers. Amen. And not so that we can... Uh, where, where do I sign up for circumcision? <laughs> That's You're not under that law anymore. By faith you enter but we don't abolish everything else. As they say, we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Amen. Are we good with that? Does does that explanation help uh, you understand how to reply to your dear, wonderful, beautiful, wonderful friends? Amen. Aren't you glad you're, uh, like Dr. John once sang, you're in the right place at the right time? <laughs> this is the right place for you. God plants those in the church as it pleases Him. It's not by coincidence or accident. The Holy Ghost has us here. Amen. And it's the right time. It's the end times. And... uh uh, with that in mind, of course, pastor's been teaching uh, for a number of weeks now on the end times. And it just so happens that there's a prophetic teaching that comes out of uh, the teaching of Noah based on what Jesus taught about one of the signs of his coming. And uh, the Lord said that one of the signs of his coming was that it would be as in the days of Noah. Noah. Who's heard that before? Matthew 24. Uh, We won't get into reading all of that. Just trust me, you can look that up. Matthew 24, 39. When the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. And then it goes on and explains a whole lot of other things. Uh, So the Lord wants us to understand that what happened in the time of Noah is a shadow and type of the last days. And so it behooves us to educate ourselves. Whoever taught that Christians should come to church and check their brains at the door and avoid education had, had wrong teaching. He must have got that from the devil. With all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, pursue God. Be addicted to Jesus. Right? Right? So, what do we need to be on the lookout for? Well, in, the, in a general spiritual sense, in the ten generations between Adam and Noah, uh, things descended deeper and deeper into a sinful and secular lifestyle. And just when Enoch and Methuselah thought things couldn't get any worse, things got worse. <laughs> right? Uh, Why? Why? Because society continued to reject God. We don't want God's way of life. Humanity became increasingly secular, hostile towards the things of God, even violent against the things of God, and certainly very immoral and very corrupt. By the time you hit Noah ten generations from Adam later, the human race, except for Noah and his family, had sunk into the lowest levels of sinfulness and wickedness, so much so that God took notice and said, this is this is really bad. And in Genesis 6, part of today's study, You can turn over there if you're following in your Bible. Genesis 6-5 says that the Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth and he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. As Tommy Boy once said, shnikes. An unimaginable level of evil, flooded society, and it led to the great flood. And the great flood is a shadow and a type of the great tribulation. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be just before I return, Jesus said. So, Noah had a great flood in our uh, day and age. We're going to have a great tribulation. Yeah. Now, we believe in at New Beginnings that the church is going to be spared from the great tribulation. We're seeing all the birth pangs and the build-up towards the great epic finale, but Noah didn't have to swim to the ark. Amen. <laughs> Kids, get the lifeboat! Roar! <laughs> no, in fact, it says that uh, they came in and God himself, the hand of God, c- closed the ark. Yes. The hand of God is going to put us in, take us out of harm's way, and then the tribulation will happen where the world experiences the wrath of God. But both in Noah's day and in the last days, one of the signs is that there'll be a great falling away. How many of you have heard about a great falling away? The Apostle Paul says it this way in Second Thessalonians 2. For that day, what day? The day of the Antichrist, the day of the tribulation, that day will not come until there is a great rebellion against God. And the man of lawlessness is revealed, the one who brings destruction. Second Thessalonians 2, 1 through 3 in the New Living Testament. So, man's sinful and secular pursuits, and even in the traditional church and religious community, people are going to venture into more and more bizarre doctrines and lifestyles that's going to have society descending deeper and deeper into a spiritual abyss. We're seeing that now, for goodness sakes. And these are birth pangs, signs of the coming, Jesus talked about in Matthew 24. And those things are going to trigger other things that eventually cause the great tribulation. In Noah's day, God looking upon mankind, His beautiful, wonderful creation, said in uh, Genesis 6-6, That he was sorry he ever made man. Mm. Sorry he ever put him on earth. It broke his heart, the Bible says. But he decided that I'm going to have to destroy every living thing. And so, as it was in the days of Noah, so it's going to be like as the birth pangs unfold, as we get closer to Judgment Day. Uh, in Noah's day, things kept building to a point, think about this, that even a giant ark, I guess they built a big giant replica somewhere like in Tennessee. Has anybody heard about that? Uh, it's no small site. It's a giant ark. It's like a football field. And it was being built right before the eyes of the people. I mean, you can't deny what's going on here, folks. (laughs) Why are you building it? Because there's a flood coming. But here's what happens is that uh, you can willfully blind yourself. You can have selective amnesia. Don't confuse me with the facts. (laughs) And the people had their own cravings, their own appetites, their own lusts for things. And that trumped all the facts. Even though there's a football field size ark that's a couple stories tall right in front of you, God is sending a message. But the people ended up as Romans 1. Have you ever read Romans 1 about the lifestyle of people and God turns them over to what? A reprobate mind. Scrambled mind. Their brain has been scrambled. Their conscience has been seared. Man, I was on that slippery slope before I accepted Jesus. I I was 30 years old before I finally saw the light. And I had one foot in hell and the other one on a banana peel. And I was heading down that road where, you know, where uh, uh, I think uh, somebody once called me a deplorable. Someone once called me irredeemable. But God didn't think I was deplorable or irredeemable and he doesn't think that about anybody. He gives he gave how how long did it take for Noah to complete the ark? 120 years, right? It took a while. But the evil that brought on the flood is going to repeat itself in the last days. This is as it was in the days of Noah. Are we right now as a society in the days of Noah? And you think about the tsunami of bizarre, strange, sinful, wicked things that people are inventing. Like I just saw this guy, this uh, uh, state legislator in California, propose a bill to legalize pedophilia. Um, And people go along with that. It's insanity, it's crazy, it's spiritual blindness and worse. So people get swept away like a flood in false doctrine, in lies and deceptions. We're seeing that. There's things are being permitted right now that we would have never permitted 20, 30 years ago. We're even legalizing things. Because there's a class of people that are anti-Christ. And they're in politics. They're in media. They're in the education system. Some are even in the church. They wear robes. And yet, they're uh, like like the Pope is speaking out the other day. Who saw what the Pope said? It's like, come on, dude. So, when the Pope starts saying anything goes, that there's no longer forbidden things, there's social chaos follows. But the social chaos has its own um, uh, strategy. Because in the social chaos where you tear down everything that's existing... All the traditional values, all the Bible values, everything that society pretty much agreed on for 6,000 years was right and wrong. If we can tear all that down, we can replace it with something else. And guess what? That something else is something worse. It's all a cover for imposing the Antichrist's one world order. And we, as believers, have to be watchful and prayerful, right? Get your your A game on, folks. (laughs) Because what often gets missed is that Noah himself, who was called a preacher of righteousness, he found favor in the eyes of God. All of that was before the flood. If you look at what happened after the flood, Noah was a different man. In fact, he fell into a major lapse of judgment after the flood and fell into a grievous sin. And so this shows us that even the righteous can have more than a bad day. The church today isn't absorbing God's value system like we used to. It's like you can't have an eight week class anymore. Eight weeks. You guys are just like the, uh, the army of God, like the, the few, the proud, the brave. Because, uh, I want my church and I want it in 60 minutes or less and I want to go home. And so I, I don't need your, I don't need your stinking eight week s- Sunday school class. We're no longer the salt and the light of the earth, right? Our lives are supposed to be like the ark cried out to the people in Noah's day. We're the ark today. Amen. You and I and the way we live our lives, the way we voice our opinions, the way we stand for the Lord is a modern day ark. It'll save somebody. Yeah, it Hallelujah. Right? Right? But history's repeating itself. Everything that was normal for six thousand years is being overturned, and what was used to be good is now called bad, and what what used to be bad is now called good. And if you dare to resist, this is where boldness comes in. This is why we need the Holy Ghost. This is why we study to show ourselves approved, because we're supposed to be the light, the salt, preserve some things. But you're, you know, there's going to be challenges because people will resist you. And you need, uh, uh, with the wisdom of God and the love of God, know how to resist back. Okay? In in the book, Sparkling Gems, by Pastor Rick Renner, I love that book. It's a 365-day devotional. But it's really insightful. It's really a study and reference book. He teaches that before the Antichrist is revealed, there's a falling away. We talked about that. But he teaches that the falling away, this phrase falling away, is from the Greek word apostasia. Apostasia. Apostasy. Apostasia. And it describes a defiance. And it describes a rebellion. And it's a picture of multitudes who revolt against God. And it's almost like a mutiny. Mutiny on the bounty! But the mutiny just doesn't occur in general society. It occurs in the church. And people are trying to overturn God's will with man's will. And so, just like in the days of Noah, there was a culture war, right? It's the, these birth pangs we we're talking about a flood of iniquity, a flood of lawlessness. Like it just blows my mind that people in, with a straight face today uh, are crying, Defund law and order! <laughs> what? All of America's laws were founded on the Bible. So for the secular humanist, the pagan that hates God, that's one thing. Well, we can understand why they don't want to follow God's laws. But it pains me to hear pastors say, we're not under all those things. What do you... If you try to, I heard one pastor say a very prominent, if you try to follow the Ten Commandments, you're involved with witchcraft. Huh? Did I just hear that right? That's insanity. Teaching kids. It's one thing if you're a grown adult and you want to live your life. But see, it used to be you lived your life behind closed doors. Right? Because it was considered taboo. It was illicit. It's wrong. And society as a whole, the reason you pass certain laws, even if people don't keep them, is you're making a general statement that the laws we're passing as a nation say that certain things are still forbidden. And we're not going to celebrate those things. So you can come out of the closet if you want, but that doesn't make it right. Just because some TV show celebrates that, that doesn't make it right. Amen. Making the Bible hate speech. How can you oppose racism by imposing racism? Which is going on right now. We're, uh, we're going to oppose racism. Well, we all oppose racism. But to oppose racism doesn't mean impose it. Exactly. Amen. That's right. Good. In Noah's time, and in this Torah study, uh, there's a, a man called Nimrod. And Nimrod is a, the first Antichrist, he built Babylon. Mystery Babylon. And people are trying to rebuild Mystery Babylon right now. Nimrod built the Tower of Babel, right? And his name, coincidentally, means rebellious one. Nimrod, the rebellious one. And the Bible says he was a hunter. But what that really, just that he wasn't out hunting animals, he was hunting men. And he was hunting men by the power of seductive words. He had a way to lay it out to make the most ungodly things seem wonderful. There's people like that on TV today. The goal was to liberate the people from all of that fundamentalism. (laughs) You can throw off God's yoke. You can get rid of God's value system. And if you'll replace it with with what I believe, your life will be better. New and improved under Nimrod. There's modern day Nimrods. But it all sets the stage for them to be worshipped. Believe me, when people make promises like politicians you got to be very careful. Some people have been promised things by politicians for 60 years and no one's delivered. You would think after 60 years of empty promises, you'd wake up and say, Hey, dude, just don't come around my house every four years, want me to vote for you, and then you forget about me, and then do deals to enrich your family. And so when it's all said and done, I'm rich, you're poor, and so be it. So, what happens when a society rebels against God and descends deeper and deeper into what's forbidden? We won't have time to read all of this, but Leviticus 18 is a very important chapter. Because in Leviticus 18, God tells Israel, don't defile yourselves the way the inhabitants of the land that you're about to possess have defiled themselves. Because the reason that they are losing their land is that land has absorbed so much sin, enough is enough, and it will spew them, vomit them, disgorge them from the land. So he gives Israel this warning. Don't be sinful like the people you're replacing are going, uh, have been sinful. But what is the sin that's so detestable in the eyes of God? The entire chapter of Leviticus 18 and disgorging inhabitants out of the land based on detestable sin, the entire chapter is based on forbidden sexual relationships. See, God's original design from last week, I've got a divine order of nature. I'm the one that sets the parameters for biology. And I said male and female, I created them. I've defined that at creation, that it's a man and a woman. And he designed a man and a woman to come together in a biblical marriage for companionship and to reproduce. And that reproduction's just not physical, it's spiritual. What are we reproducing spiritually? We're supposed to be reproducing in a family to raise our kids up in the nurture and admonition of what? The Lord. The ways of God. This is how we do it. So think about America. America has always classified polygamy and incest and sodomy, prostitution, pornography, rape, adultery, and what we now call the LBGTQ+. Why do they keep adding letters? Do you know what those letters mean? What does the plus mean? Ask the the guy in California that wants to make pedophilia legal. And it was the church that was supposed to set the standard of scruples. But this all relates to as in the days of Noah. And one of the parts that this was always kind of tripped me up. When Jesus said in verse 38, in those days before the flood, the people will enjoy banquets, parties, and weddings right up till the time that Noah entered the boat. They were marrying and given in marriage. Who remembers that? And I never fully understood that. Because what's wrong with marrying and being given in marriage? There's nothing wrong with that. That's a God-ordained thing, unless it involves a forbidden relationship. Just as in the days of Noah, marriage and sexuality have crossed the line that God has drawn. Come on. I hope that doesn't bother anybody. And if you know somebody that's caught up into a forbidden relationship, that's where intercessory prayer comes in. And if you don't know how to be binding and loosening and pulling down strongholds, resisting the devil, taking the dominion and authority, you know, now I lay me prayers just aren't going to set someone free. But there's a reason if you go over to Luke 17, Jesus, uh, Luke tells the story again as in the days of Noah. But this time in Luke 17, 28 to 30, he adds as in the days of Lot. So, people went about in Sodom and Gomorrah doing uh, forbidden things, and as it was in the days of Noah and as it was in the days of Lot, Jesus said. Who believes Jesus Christ is the Lord of lords and King of kings? He said that. What was Sodom's sin? Immorality. And America's hot on the heels. It's all business as usual. The very things that uh, uh, God sent the flood and sent the fire and brimstone, the very reasons in Noah's time and in Lot's time, is now mainstream entertainment. It's on TV every day. It's entertainment now. And you think about the Pandora's box. Study David Barton stuff. You know, David Barton from Wall Builders, he was here a few years, brilliant man about history and stats and showing what happened before prayer and after prayer was abolished in schools, before and after the Bible was banned out of schools, and all of a sudden it it opened up a Pandora's box, and all this moral confusion, premarital sex, teenage pregnancy, STDs, drug use, suicide... All these different social problems came out of uh, rejecting God. And now the church, the falling away, now it's in the church. But America hadn't had enough. We keep going down a new rabbit hole. That's why, by and large, I mean, people are just silent. People are afraid. We're just standing by, let all these radical things happen. Voting for people you know that are for that. Their whole life's history and the whole party's history is for ungodly, secular, human, pagan things. And we just pull the lever. Mama did it, I'm going to do it. And we never ask ourselves, where is this taking us? One day God's going to say, enough. I don't have time to read 2 Peter 2. If God didn't spare the angels, he's not going to spare you and me or our society. He's going to spare us, but our society. But it says, Peter said, he, this is a, should be an example to everyone. This is Noah's time. Lot's time is an example and we can't get into this today, but another disturbing aspect to Noah's day occurred when the Bible teaches there was this unholy union between the sons of men and the, the sons of God and the daughters of men. In Genesis 6. The sons of God saw beautiful women and took any they wanted as their wives. And it goes on from there. And God said, in those days and from some time after, giant Nephilim lived on the earth. For wherever the sons of God had with women, they gave birth to children who became the heroes and famous warriors of ancient times. Genesis 6. And that just kind of bugged me. What do you mean, heroes? What do you mean, famous warriors? So I went through, did anybody ever use Bible Gateway? And you just go through one translation, what is this, what is that? I, I went into the Hebrew Bible, which isn't in Bible Gateway, and the Hebrew Bible translates the phrase heroes and famous warriors different from every other translation. It's the original Hebrew understanding. They were the mighty who from old were men of devastation. Isn't that something? And what's going on there is just so bizarre. We don't talk about it in church, it's just like mind blowing but these uh these nephilim these giants these monsters uh, the name nephilim means the fallen ones and the great rabbi rashi teaches that they fell and caused others to fall as it was in the days of noah how can politicians be on tv and they've got it's like don't you know that there's stuff called recordings <laughs> We just heard you a few months back say something totally different. Don't you know that we can go back and compare? It's just shameless now. They've fallen, and now they want to cause others to fall by electing people that will form a system that is anti-Christ, that will ban church assembly. Church is no longer as, do you know there's still states in America that are still imposing church is not essential? And around the world, you can gather in casinos, you can gather at football games and soccer games, but if you dare gather in a church, we will find you and shut you down. That's happening right now. And we're electing people that like that. In this day, the marriage with women created a deviant form of man. They were giants in the earth, physically and spiritually causing devastation. They were monsters back then, and there's monsters now. It's just that they they wear a nice $5,000 suit. So they don't well they they look for they sound good, they sound Nimrod, they're hunting us by the power of seductive words. As in the days of Noah, the church needs to wake up. Come on. I believe what was going on in this scenario points to the bizarre and forbidden form of genetic manipulation, genetic engineering. Because there's a big debate on were they really fallen angels or were they just the uh, the elites of society that took these women and created a whole generation of rebellious kids. However that happened, today it, it, back it just it, that's wrong. That's a forbidden relate. Don't do don't do it that. Way. And today the gods of science want to advance through scientific advancement. Follow the science. Whose science? Because there's some science. Okay, I, I know this can get kind of... How, how, can, how can they sell aborted baby parts? Come on. Is our society so barbaric that in the name of science we trick people into things so that we, because it's an industry, it's a mill, we're churning something out because science needs the stem cells? That's being, that's fallen. Oh my God. And if people will argue with me, argue with God. Now, now they want designer babies. What's a design? Well, we're going to pick and choose exactly the characteristics through DNA manipulation, and we're going to. And if it doesn't come out exactly right, well, then we can just terminate that baby and just move on to the next one. Do you real? I mean, I hate to have to even have this, but this is going on as in the days of Noah. Sex change surgeries. One presidential candidate the other day said, "I support an 8-year-old's right to choose." And I'm thinking, "8 year. I've had 8-year-olds." <laughs> How many of you have raised someone that was 8 years old one time? They don't know. <laughs> they don't. And even if they seem convincing, At 12 or 16 or 18 or 21, how many of those? And they suppress all that. Oh my God, why did you let me do that, mama? And it can go on and on and on. I'm sorry to have to bring this up. Pastor Larry taught the other day how nations in history collapse after 250 years. You remember that? It's usually caused by moral decay and decline within the society. The land absorbs all it can absorb, and then God says that's enough, and history, that nation comes tumbling down. Unless there's repentance that leads to revival, an end will come. And America is now 244 years old. We're right in that timeline. And we're looking around and thinking, holy moly, what are people thinking? We can't stand idly by and just elect people and appoint people that hate the Bible and want to shut down church and want to do all these things. But it is happening and it's a sign that the Messiah is coming. And you and I are called as believers to believe yes, the reason we 're called believers is we believe in something. What do you believe in that all of that 's just politics and that doesn 't matter? No because once they start passing laws and making judicial decisions that that uh, uh, promote Uh, sexual immorality and promote uh, lawlessness and promote all of this on God. We have to live under that. You're getting a snapshot of it now. And God is saying, wake up. Come on, church, wake up. Let the church arise. Let the church arise. Let the church pray for revival. Let the church bind in every stronghold and release the Spirit of God. Noah's name means rest. And it points us to the final goal God has for mankind. A rest from all the sin. All the wickedness, all the insanity. The Bible says Noah was 600 years old when he went into the ark and the flood came. Why 600? Because it hints to the idea that Jews and Christians alike accept that there's a hidden connection between Noah's 600 years, the six days of creation, and the time God has given mankind dominion on the earth, 6,000 years, and then the Sabbath millennium, the thousand year reign of Christ. And pastor went through all of that. That's that whole, a day is as a thousand years. That's just not in there uh, because they had bad pizza that day. It represents the 6,000 years God gave man dominion. And there's coming a time of a great tribulation and a great jubilee. Where God takes back what He delegated to man and then that thousand year reign and from on and on and on will forever be with the Lord, serving Him, worshiping Him, building the kingdom of God the right way, the righteous way, the holy way, the biblical way. So the point of today is that Noah's history is repeating itself The Messiah is coming soon and you and I need to band together and be united and be in agreement as believing believers and pray and voice our opinion and be bold as lions stand up for what we believe. Let's have some backbone. Amen. And pray for that revival in the land. How many of you, it's either rapture or revival. If God gives us a few more years, how many of you want revival in your family, revival in your church, in your city, in your state, in your nation, around the world, revival for the Lord? If you believe that, give the Lord a big hand clap.